All right, and welcome to host Wesley and Mike. And uh, we're excited to bring you another season um, of exciting guests with uh, great content for our viewers. So, um, and today's no different with our guests today coming out of the Pac-12 at USC and um, eventually traveling across the U.S. and Europe playing soccer at the highest level. Um, welcome, Samantha Johnson. Samantha, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're we're excited to have you. Um, and we're just like we're we're interested to talk to you because I mean you have so many different um, uh, perspectives on things. You know, from being involved in and mentors to becoming one yourself. But I mean, we really want to start at the beginning and, and kind of find out where you began in soccer and how you started in the first place. Yeah. So, well, it's been a long time now because <laughs> I'm about to turn 31 in June. So I've been playing since I was five. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I know. So it's been a while. It's been a while. But um, no, most of my, I guess, youth career, as you kind of know, probably was in Southern California where I grew up. And I'm from Palmdale, California, originally. Um, I think the most of my foundation in terms of like people who influenced me um, and stuff actually came from my earlier, like before my competitive days of playing, because when I was like 10, 11, 12, um, I played for a guy named Charles Gordon and, um, he pretty much kind of helped me set like the foundation of my technical and tactical abilities, but he did it in a way that I thought was very, you know, demanding, not demeaning, but demanding, you know, yeah. for such a young age, but obviously it was completely necessary. Like, cause clearly it, it provided me with so much more as I took it to the next level, you know? So he was pretty influential, um, from a foundation standpoint. Yeah. A hundred percent. How did, and how did you end up uh, meeting him as a coach? Was it like, was it maybe a friend or something like that, that introduced you to soccer? In your um, you know what? Gosh, I don't really remember how we got connected because we were, I was playing for like a bunch of local clubs. Like, you know, as you can imagine when you're small, you just kind of play locally. Yeah. And then, I got onto his team and his team is the last team I played for before um, I switched to a more um, like highly competitive league and team. Right. Before I started traveling right. so for that's when, soccer. That's when you start going from your one season to you're playing full year round uh, training. All year yeah. Year. You like really like, do you know how it is like strict club soccer type of vibe? Yes. You know what I'm saying? It just went from like kind of like the local whatever to, Oh, this is the real yep, deal. Goodbye you know? summers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I remember the yeah. days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you are in Palm. Uh, you were born in Palmdale. Um, I'm guessing was USC yeah. always uh, a top a top uh, school that you've always wanted to go to? You're right down the street. Uh, uh, no, no, because, well, I my family liked USC, like me and my dad, because we liked like the football team and stuff, yeah. just like from a branding and entertainment yeah, standpoint, honestly, like, obviously, because yeah. like, you know, back in the day, they were so good, right? So, yeah that brand was popular in my house, but I didn't actually ever think of myself going there because when I was coming up, the powerhouse school for soccer was UCLA. So I wanted to play, play there. Rival. Cause they had like a, <laughs> yeah, they had a really, really good women's program. Honestly, I didn't even know USC had a girls soccer program. What, hey, what, what did your, what did your folks think about that? Or your family? I mean, they're, they understood, I guess they didn't, because we're not like over oh, diehard USC. It wasn't yeah. like that. We just kind of like to watch the game. I bet, they, you know were, what I bet I'm they were pretty stoked that you got to USC. I mean, that's amazing. I think they were just stoked. They didn't have to play for college. Yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, like that's such a small yeah. percentage of 
any athlete makes it to ju- ju- like Juco for, and then, then you have four year after that. I mean, it's crazy. It's such a small percentage. Um, yeah. so did you go on a full, yeah. um, on a full scholarship? Yeah. Full scholarship. Oh, wow. And you know, I committed when I was in 10th grade, so I was just cruise control. That's from there. nice. Yeah. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get to do did, that. Did you have that breakthrough? <laughs> did you ever have that breakthrough point where you realized to yourself, you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this and you know, I, I want to see how far I can take um, You know what? I don't remember like a moment or anything, but I do remember like a time when I turned 14. Um, so when I left uh, Gordon's, Charles Gordon's team, like 13, 14 ish, and I went to go play for Real SoCal, which is now, I think, like the whole LA, LAFC uh, collaboration and stuff. But it was a really good club back in the day. And they produced a lot of players on the girls and boys side. And every pretty everyone pretty much on my team went D1, you know. So it's like it was really, really intense. Or, you know, the jump was intense because everybody was good versus like I was the really good one on my local team, obviously. But then now I jumped to a team where everybody's right. good. So now it's like how can you obviously fight for – marginal gains on a daily basis to try to get better you know so it was, it was quite intense yeah did you did you find that your coach um was similar to your last coach where he was kind of it was like a tough love kind of thing uh, i mean it's every coach um, is different but i mean i feel like everybody has that coach where it's like you know it's it was just tough enough love to to get you to that next level you know yeah you know it was pretty much kind of the same um definitely it was i went from uh playing from a man to a woman and it really didn't seem any different to be honest like other than obviously we could probably tell her about our periods (laughs) (laughs) versus you know what I'm saying but like from like a gender standpoint and what she did and how she you know demanded certain things from us like it was exactly the same like honestly she is just man woman or whatever you can close your eyes and be like gosh like we're really getting our ass kind of well you know, you know i feel like that's when you have a good coach when you when you can't determine yeah. between the two and you're like wow like that's that's incredible like they both have yeah. you know great points to make great uh team building uh, mm-hmm. uh activities mm-hmm. that they use things like that you know, mixing in like you know yeah, definitely. No, it was it was very good. Now that it, you know, when you look back, when you're going through it, you're like, this is really hard. But like, we loved it, you know. So we didn't care. We loved our coaches. So thankfully, like, we weren't holding anything against them. We just understood, like, if we wanted to, you know, get a scholarship or do whatever our goals were, we had to just struggle through the process, you know. Even at that level, was the kind of did you have like a good camaraderie with other players, um, knowing that it was at a you know more advanced and you guys are really kind of competing, competing for each other's for jobs each other's positions and, yeah. <laughs> yeah um you know what we did actually because we had on every team that I kind of remember we did have a kind of a, like a strong culture of like team bonding and stuff and I think that's kind of like more not that it's less popular when you get older well to be fair it is less popular at the pro level because it's our job you know right. but like when you're growing up I think the coaches that I had they did a good job of trying to like put an emphasis on getting to know your teammate outside of um training and stuff you know and when I played for Real Cal, like we were all from different parts of Southern California like quite far like it wasn't like we were all hanging out or we could just you know call each other up and hang out if we wanted to because we lived far from one another so when we had to schedule the stuff to like make the effort to go do the team bonding. And it really did pay off, honestly. Yeah, I, We had a couple of uh, other guests. We kind of talked about the same, a similar instance. You know, I feel like every team that we did really well on, everybody was really together. Like it wasn't like, uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like everybody was, it was like everybody had 
there was at least a moment that brought everybody together on the team. And, and I feel like that's yeah. super important to, to like kind of grow mm-hmm. and like and move and move to the next level, even though you're not kind of on the same page where you're still competing for everybody. But in the back of your mind, you're still it's still a team effort, you know, so it's like, yeah, you want to compete, but you got to kind of do your thing at the same time. No, I know it's a, it's an interesting balance of the dynamic because I'm telling you, some of my teammates, me included, we used to cuss each other out on the field, and our coach would just laugh, you know. Yep. She'd just be like, because she knew like we loved each other, but we just really wanted to win. Yeah. You know? I was trying to let it out. <laughs> so it was quite strange. Wesley's been there many a times where me and our shortstop have gotten uh, into fights in center field after you know, <laughs> oh, turning yeah, a double God. play or something like that. Mostly, it's only during practice and stuff most of the time. But you know, uh, yeah. But it also, it keeps you super competitive at the same time. So. Yeah, it's necessary, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, who do you think your biggest supporter was while you were in college? Um, I mean, define supporter. You know, there's levels it, it could to that. Be, I mean, not not even so much a coach, but I mean, it could be a parent, uh, like a sibling, um, just somebody that was there for you yeah. all the time, you know? You know what? It's hard because I'm the type of person that I I seek out support, like kind of depending on the category I'm struggling with, you know? So I, I try to have like a, a balance of support because obviously, as you know, like you could have comfort level with the one person, you know, maybe like you're just more comfortable with them or at the time they're more available. But um, I try to like pick on people's strengths, if you will, and like pair it with my weakness. So my, you know, my, of course my parents, you know, I lean on them differently for different things and my siblings are always there, but it's just, it's kind of like a unit thing. Do you know what I'm saying? That's probably the, the best answer you could have give. Cause you just blew my next two questions out of the, out of the water. <laughs> so, that was awesome. No, I was, yeah, absolutely. The whole it takes a village thing. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, did you have a variety you know, of you know how it is. Like you, one people, person can't handle everybody's Yeah. Shit, there's certain you know people I mean? you don't want advice about certain things about your life. Yeah. Right. Well, and that was another thing. It's just like, you know, a lot of people, they look towards maybe one mentor and, and like listening to you yeah. and listening to where you've gotten, it's very important. To, to look at at your weaknesses, find the mentors for those weaknesses, and then move on from there. Yeah. Otherwise, you know that person, you know the first per mentor you talk to might not be the right person to talk to about. I know, you know and it. trust me, it's hard. It's hard to do, you know. And when I was that age, I wasn't really like um very like not talkative but you know what i mean you don't want to like go and seek people's help because like when you're 18 it's 21 it's weird, weird you know what i'm saying and so my coaches like leave people to when yeah they're like you know you don't want to be a burden and you don't want to seem like weak and stuff you know what I so mean? how did how did you do it because that's that's a that's exactly it's extremely tough yeah it kind of just got pulled out of me to be honest like whether whether like my parents or her sibling and one of my siblings my sister like she lives with me for a couple years at USC in one of my apartments when she was going to Northridge. So she was kind of always there. So that made it helpful, obviously. But then my coaches, you know, the coaches see you the most, you know what I'm saying? So they know when something's wrong, they ask you what's wrong. And I hate when people ask me what's wrong. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Because something actually is wrong. I just don't want to talk about it. So they would just pull it out of me most of the time and then just tell me like, if they are not the people to help, you know, go find the people to help type of thing. So they kind of just pulled my problems out of me and then so if i wanted to use them i did but if most of the time i didn't i just went to go find somebody else that's awesome mentors helped you find mentors as well that's cool and that's that's a, yeah. that's a good thing to, to think about I, <laughs> I mean we'll we'll get into it a little bit later about about your you know what you're doing now but i feel like that's a big part of what you're doing now um yeah which is super cool um so 
with your with your teammates, do you have any fun stories? I mean, I know you guys have probably had some rough games. Uh, oh my gosh, and, yeah. and I know that the bus rides home and things like that aren't always the the best. But you know, well, you got to. The well, they could be usually on usually on the wins though. The, the, yeah, lot, the losses are kind of rough if your coach even allows you to talk yeah. on the way back. Oh my god, plenty of those times <laughs> as well. Definitely in the, my college because we weren't very good. You know, we were very just kind of like a five hundred team when I got there or whatever. So kind of on the rebuild of the program, right? Yeah. And I'm telling you, we would lose some games that we just were not supposed to lose. You know what I mean? Yes. And you know how the coaches react to that. They're you literally are not even allowed to breathe on the bus, you know? Mm-hmm. And like God forbid somebody cracks a joke, oh, yeah. you know what I'm it's saying? And you guys so, already run a lot. Our punishment as baseball guys was running. You guys already do that a lot. Oh, like, you know, <laughs> honestly, when I was in college, I genuinely thought my you know that you know when you're in college your shirt says like your sport. Right? Yeah. I legitimately thought mine should have said track. <laughs> all we did was run on the damn track. I'm like, I swear we're missing the soccer ball. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We had a famous it quote from brutal. famous quote from one of our coaches, get your tennies on. Yeah. God, that uh, was the worst thing to hear. Like, honestly, the smell of the track, I, I, like if I walk by a track still, I would probably throw because it's just like <laughs> I'm traumatized. God. God. Yeah. All different types of the times of the day, you know, it's just it's not good. It's not good. Oh my gosh. It just wasn't okay. You know what I'm saying? College sports is brutal. It is. But you know what? It get, it made you mentally tough. It, I think it makes it mentally tough. That funny. is without a doubt. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm like literally superwoman now. Right. I'm like laughing at things, you know. Right. And I think that's one of those things that 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 like, you know, having a good culture in in your sport and your team, like that helps you so much. Kind of just bring that out. Yeah. It does. And you know how it is because obviously we're team sport people. So when you have to suffer together, it's better. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Every yeah, Everybody suffers. <laughs> yeah. Things, you know? so, so you got to go through it with your teammates. Everyone understands what you're going through. You know, and I think that's degree, the biggest obviously. thing. You know, everybody yeah. understands. Just like in a lot of other things, when people understand what you're going through, it's just that much better to have, it, you know, that person, it whether is. it be a mentor or a family member or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100% for sure. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about your uh, transition from college into your professional career. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> what a transition that was. Not a lot of people get to okay. experience that um, being in a professional athlete. Um, but what? Right. No, the yeah, once you, once you kind of get in there and get your groove, it's fine. Yeah. But that transition, because mine obviously was a bit unconventional because I, I, um, Graduated from USC in 2013 in May. And then I, um, well, let me back up a little because I played my last game because we we're obviously a fall sport. So I played my yeah. last game in 2012, like, the, you know, fall 2012. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to play soccer anymore because I just like did not like it when I was in school. You know, it was just traumatizing. I was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And and the end of a cell wasn't even like a thing. You know what I mean? It kind of just popped up in our in spring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was very last minute was strange so I was like I don't want to do it I was already in that brain mind frame I was just I hate soccer whatever <laughs> you know so I'm like, I'm yeah. college and move on and then my um dad and we talked about it and he's like well you know you might as well just go like try out for some teams or whatever and I was like I, in my brain I was like I really don't want to but whatever we'll do it you know so I did go to I can't remember which one was first, but it was I was supposed to go to uh, New Jersey and New York, obviously because they're just right there. So I was like, I'll do two for one, basically one trip. And I'm not even being funny. In the first like 
because we just do most of the tryouts is just like run a play you know you just do like a 11 v 11 so um in the first 30 seconds of 11 v 11 i tore a ligament in my ankle and like it was the size of a softball oh my and i just thought this is exactly why i didn't want it. what i'm not supposed to be doing <laughs> you know what i'm saying i was like i i knew it you know i'm not supposed to be playing this ratchet ass sport ever again and so obviously time flies by i you know quote unquote retire from the sport or whatever i'm just not gonna play because obviously like i don't really want to I become a bottle service girl. I start popping bottles in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. living my best life, age 21. Yep. I'm a fitness model. You know how it is. Making good money over now. there. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, this is Absolutely. the dream. Not really, but no, you know what I'm saying. At that time, though, <laughs> 21, 22, that is the dream, you know? That's yeah, I was like, I'm, this is great. Absolutely. Like, I don't really work. I work, you know, the nights and whatever. I can go to my casting calls during the day. I'm just, like, chilling. And then, of course, I, you always have that one friend that talks to you and doing something stupid, yeah. you know? So... <laughs> My my friend, who ironically my best friend at the time, she went to UCLA. She was on Chicago Red Stars, and she calls me like spring 2014, one year after the end of the sale starts, and was like, "Sam, do you want to come play soccer?" I was like, "Absolutely not." And she was like, "Well, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Living my best life, you know." And she's like, "Oh, I don't have any friends on the team. Can you try out?" I was like, "You're joking, <laughs> right?" She was like, "No, seriously. Like, I'm lonely, and like, you will be good. We need players." And I was like, "Ew." So I was like, "Okay, fine. I'll do it. Like, whatever." After one year of not playing soccer, not thinking about soccer ball, nothing, I just trained for six weeks and showed up, made the team. Accidentally ended up in starting eleven and never left. Nice starting eleven. Nice. Wow. And uh, here we are, almost 10 years later. So I, I got a question for you. I know you, I, so I read something about uh, one of your agents. Um, and I was wondering, did Which you one? did you start right away with an agent? Um, no, 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 I didn't. And how did that relationship begin? Well, the first agent I have, I can't remember how I got connected with him. Just a friend of a friend, usually how it worked, but. I mean, he was fine. He just helped me with, like, you know, get my contracts and stuff. Like, just make sure everything, like, the fine print and stuff was sorted. Yeah. But so not so much a mentor. Not so much a mentor, no. more like a guy, like, somewhat of a guy. Yeah, he was honestly just more of, like, my friend over time. Because he's, like, just a good dude just looking out for yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? And he's obviously agent, lawyer, whatever. So he was totally fine. But then I just personally got to the point where I was like, well, I don't need an agent. Because I'm very, like you know, vocal and aggressive <laughs> and like I cut the middleman yeah. type of woman. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm like, just talk directly to me, yeah. you know? And so I was like, well, I mean, I don't really feel the need to have an agent to be honest, you know? So I went most of my, the bulk of my career without one. I think that's probably the, I mean, I feel like that's mostly the best way to go. If you can do it, if yeah, you can swing it. Cause if you have the personality and you people, pay attention, do you know what I'm saying? You can, to- but like most players, they don't want to do it because they have to have a, a certain personality. You have to be extremely like not detail oriented, but you just got to pay attention. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so you just have to understand and you got to be a little nosy. I know people make gonna know what other people don't make. So, you know, your, your true value versus you asking for some crazy money versus you underselling. And that's one of the hardest things to do in general. I mean, you, cause you don't know, you just don't know at that point. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. You, have to and our, the you know, on our side of the game, they don't, they don't post our, uh, our salary. So it's not like you, I can just, I can Google anybody's salary. That's pretty much a man or, you know, anybody in tennis, yeah. that's a man or woman, you know, yeah. but like, our salaries are like a secret. So you got to like really dig, try and figure out who's getting paid in your position. Do you think you know? they do that on purpose for that reason? Yeah. Cause they don't want to tell anybody how much money we don't make, yeah, you know, no. but you can so. see it in the facilities. Can't you? Like when you, when you walk into like a, 
Chicago, Utah facility. Can you tell the difference between the men's team and the women's mm-hmm. team? Like, or do they do a good job? Well, we didn't. Ha- well, that? okay. So in Chicago, yeah, we sport. had, we didn't have like a proper facility in Chicago in the earlier in the earlier days because because we before we moved to um, I don't know what the stadium's called now, but it used to be Toyota Park where the fire play. But um, okay. yeah. So we before we moved there, we were just in some crappy little place you know and so agreed it is very just like obvious as to like how much money you probably don't make or whatever whatever but then i mean really how are people people are how are people supposed to know i'm just like just post the salaries it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah i think the league is more embarrassed than the players are i'm like i don't care i'll tell everybody how much money i made every single year you know what i'm saying like and i think other players should know too so then they their agents and everything can have a reference point of negotiating exactly so. exactly i think i watched one of your interviews you said you got a check up for like seven eight hundred bucks after a month and you were just yeah my very first year in the league i played for almost eight hundred dollars a month wow. yeah mm-hmm. and then the league or i guess the league felt bad and it was like okay we can't be paying this girl like that that little yeah, yeah she's crazy, she's starting you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not she's starting we on the bench, we starting. it was so awkward because they were like oh my gosh she's actually like she's actually on the team so maybe you know but yeah so did you did you did you fight to get more at that point or were you kind of just like still not knowing as like no, what was no, going no, on? no i didn't i didn't really argue or like moan about my salary or trying to get more until like the third or fourth year i was in chicago they like up your salary each year okay but i mean it's not like it's a it's it's like i guess when you're making eight hundred dollars to go from eight hundred dollars a month to uh fifteen hundred dollars seems like a lot yeah. but it ain't do you know what i'm yeah, saying absolutely. but like so that seems like a lot so uh, they doubled it pretty much each year but then I pretty much plateaued, uh, plateaued like around f- year four and five because I pay- I only played for like, um, I think the last contract I was going to play for when I was at the Royals was going to be twenty three thousand, but we only got paid during these during the year. Whereas now the the girls get paid twelve months. Okay. Yeah, they, and the minimum salary now is different. So, so they'd yeah, put mm-hmm. that up between twelve months. So they it, it's kind of like a teacher's pay almost, where they you, you get paid while you, you used to get paid while you play. Get paid while you play, yeah. So then that's why a lot of us, we would go to, like, Australia was a good league for us because it would fit, like, right into our off season, which October to February. And then we okay. would show up, you know, we get, like, a couple weeks off, and then we show up in March and be ready for preseason. How many games are, or roughly how many games are in a season? 24, usually. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit of games. Usually, you yeah. play, how many games a week? Is it just uh, one a week? No, because so sometimes I think after a couple years when I was playing then Bissau, like they had they put some type of rule in where you had to rest like, you know, five days or something, 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 because it was getting a little ridiculous where we had like a lot of midweek games. And um, of course, you can't play. You can't travel from Portland to Florida. Do you know what right, I'm saying? Like, right, that's just right, ridiculous. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they had to work out the schedule. So it was a bit more um, player friendly because we were like, dude, this is reckless. Like, America is huge. I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen it on the map, but you know what I mean? Like, who's making the schedule? Yeah. So I think they've worked it out better now. And I think actually the girls, they played less games this year for that reason anyways, because it, it was just a little bit ridiculous. Like, we used to play the same team like three or four times. I'm like, I'm tired of playing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
do, uh, yeah. do you think they were better ab- about it um, when you played in Europe, when you played in Australia? And I, I know you, you played for France right now. I, I, I was in France, yeah, yeah, on the earlier side of, on the first, um, the first part of the European League, yeah. yeah. But um, France was okay. I mean, it wasn't there long because my team was ghetto and I had to leave them. I was going to say, what was the culture here. like on your, you know, I guess the France, so what, so the Fran- France was early on, you said, yeah? Yeah, I went to France. So I went to France in the in the window. So actually, like, so 2020, um, I went back to Australia to play. Okay. And then I pretty much spent like the bulk of my time from because uh, of COVID, obviously, like the league got pushed back. It's usually October to February, but then it went from December to like April ish, you know. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm definitely not trying to go back to play in the end of the Like I want to go the European route. So I was like, I'll just stay. And then in Australia. And then I'll go in the July window. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's what I did. So I went to France in end of July. And then um, stayed there until like mid-September. But I had to, I only played one game there. And it was only against PSG. And so, because my team was just so ghetto, man. Like, you don't understand. Like, typical women's football BS. Like, they didn't put my paperwork in on time. Oh, like, man. they didn't. It just was like what you know what i'm saying it was just like things like that like they wasn't paying the, the proper salary and they wasn't paying it on time and i was like oh no like y'all are yeah i'm just way too old for this you know what i'm saying so i was like nah absolutely not so i had to go through a whole process but i mean honestly the football uh soccer side of it was fine truthfully i was like i i thought i was gonna really enjoy it to be honest like the training was fine I mean, my team was fine. French people are interesting. Do you know what I mean? But, like, do you, whatever. I enjoyed it. Do you see a, uh, a difference in, like, um, coaching strategies? or? Oh, yeah, it, 100%. America is so, like, this, you know, there's a couple of coaches in the end of Brazil that obviously aren't American, so they have that, that European style, you know, the tactical-based type of thing. Yeah. But, man, they just are so switched on in terms of, like, what they're trying to do tactically over what they're trying to do physically. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because America yeah. is so, like, run and gun, you know? Yeah, exactly. That, that makes sense. And, like, yeah. it's, like, kind of shocking because I'm, like, but I can tell. I can see why. Because, I mean, I, in our system when we grow up, like, it's not like little girls are watching EPL on the weekend. Like, I was the weirdo doing that. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's, like, my tactical whatever was just, like, ahead of others just because I was oddly obsessed with soccer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would just watch games, you know? Which is one of those yeah. things you kind of need to have to make it to, you know, a high level. You got to kind of be obsessed with it in a way, miss your summers, you know, miss certain things. Yeah. But you know what? The friends that you make, like doing that, the things that you learn and like what you end up, what you're able to do afterwards after kind of, you know, being hit with so much different, you know, diversity and just issues that always happen on and off the field. Um, I mean, it just oh, teaches yeah. you so much. I feel like it kind of puts you your life in perspective. Oh, it does. Out, you know? It really does. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have this in baseball, but like, obviously I wouldn't know the people mostly not like now on my most recent and every team I've had in like, you know, as a professional, I would never, ever honestly probably be friends with these people in real life because I wouldn't have an opportunity to meet them. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But we're all in the room just because we knew this one thing really well, right. which is awesome. all from different you areas, know you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. it is so weird. I'm, And honestly, I've probably have met like a handful of people that I'd actually be friends with genuinely if I didn't play soccer because 
you know, we just vibe, but like mostly you're not. Cause you just like, it's not likely that you meet people that you actually like would know and truly, you know, be friends right, with right. without the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, being close with teams actually will bring you into doing different things. Like I know, like for our team, like some of our guys are into other things like, Oh, well, you know, we do this on this, like, you know, sometimes. So, you know, you go out and do different things, experience other stuff. And you're like, Hey, you know, I didn't think we could be friends. But, you know, we're kind of, right, you know, nothing right, I would have normally exactly. tried without, you know, knowing somebody that did it. So mm-hmm. that makes it exactly. It's quite strange. You know, yeah. it's very strange. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so for let's let's get into some of the stuff that you're doing now. I'm, I'm really interested. We, we kind of pulled up your website uh, a little bit earlier um, mm-hmm. and it ties into exactly what we're doing because it's, you know, uh, kind of a, I feel like I feel like a huge thing in mentoring and helping. Um, mm-hmm. it's called better. Do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit about how you started that? Yeah. You know, it, it was, it was just something that be, the better and the whole, like be better thing is actually just like what I used to tell myself when I was younger, because it, I like, I didn't have time to basically blame other people if I was bad at soccer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I would always like fighting it selected for like a team or like I wasn't in the lineup or just like whatever adversity, you know, I would literally just tell myself like, well, if you were just better at soccer, then maybe you would have different opportunities, you know, <laughs> like it literally was just that just so I could have more of an instead of blame right? like yeah. other things. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was just that. And then so obviously as I got older, it started working for me. And so then in our contract um, back in the day, we used to have these like hours we have to do like some type of community hours or you know whatever giving back so they would just send us to like little soccer clubs and just go speak to the girls teams and whatever right. and like i thought it was kind of cool you know oh, yeah. whatever and so i would just give this little be better speech do you know what i'm saying like just to help the kids develop some type of accountable mindset you know what i mean because my whole point was like if you just pay attention to you and your process then it'll the pretty much the chips will fall you know what i'm saying and so it kind of snowballed and then i made like a wristband because i was like oh i show up to see all these kids all the time i don't have nothing to give them so then i just started giving them wristbands and then i started um to my family like context wise is like you know pretty heavy into in education in terms of like we all kind of are educated people in our family and my mom and sister um are our teachers and my mom just retired but like they're in that space you know so I kind of have a little glimpse of that but I started kind of thinking like oh like I think I kind of want to be in this space but I just had a different a different realm you know so I pretty much morphed it into some type of um education enhancement via like mentorship if you will do you know what I'm saying so that's kind of what it what it is so I got I went back to school. I don't even understand why I did that. I, guess I had so much time. Out Difficult of thing to do. Difficult thing to do. I, know, I might as well. Awesome. You can only train two hours a day, you know, so I might as well go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my master's degree in curriculum and instruction. So I write programs pretty much. So I have okay. little programs that awesome. kind of get into schools and stuff, you know. And how's, how's, uh, uh, how's that been so far? Have you been able to connect with, um, uh, with any good people on that? I know, I know through culture and sports, I'm sure, you know, something that they'd be looking uh looking at as well because i mean it's mm-hmm. it's cool to get that kind of stuff in and it's important it's definitely important yeah yeah and i work you know my desires to work with kids are more of like alternative learning setup so like the ones that come and go from like the juvenile justice system and then the ones that kind of are categorized as maybe like a behaviorally challenged type mm-hmm. of kid you know so it's very specific and my program is designed towards that demographic but honestly it's just about um basically just using my you know 
platform honestly but like i've you pretty much leveraged my playing career into my business because i just use it you know use it as a networking opportunity to be honest because let me tell you the amount of phone calls that probably people return just because i'm a professional athlete is a little bit ridiculous but i'll take it (laughs) that percentage goes up a little bit more when you're getting a little bit more they're like oh my gosh my my niece plays soccer i'm like great anyways about these programs (laughs) (laughs) yeah it definitely helps you know you put in the you put in the work to get there and uh i mean and and then you have what exactly the chips fall where they fall just like you said you know yeah so So we'll see yeah and that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible that you're able to kind of just start touching people's lives like that and i think uh i you know i i think that hopefully that'll be a big thing here uh eventually Mm -hmm. yeah i think potentially it could be a big thing for sure and so thankfully i'm not so ignorant to the point where i'm like oh i'm just gonna drop something in here like you know i did i have put in the time and effort to speak to the you know the professionals the people who are work on the ground every day with the kids and blase blase so i'm just really good at connecting like dots you know and figuring out gaps and just trying to fill the gaps so basically that's what my program does just fill a gap nice well that's what so many people have trouble doing so i mean Mm -hmm. and that's i had i struggled with that you know all all through my life because i you know i was i was kind of out front of it like on some things but it's just like some things you just don't know and it's hard to reach out yeah talk to people to talk to the right people i was you know one of those people I was telling you about was you know if you focus on one or two mentors when you should be having you know mentors in in you know different yeah you just need to be balanced yeah, you know what I'm saying the best thing in life is balance you know absolutely absolutely yeah yeah I mean well Samantha we don't want to take up too much of your time I know you're out there and you're in Arizona right now you said yeah I'm in Phoenix okay. um Arizona visiting my dad yeah. yes. And my people, I mean, I don't live in Palmdo anymore. Thank God. If you looked at Palmdo, you'd know why I don't live there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I have my, my brother-in-law's from Palmdale. <laughs> oh Lord, help us all. We made it. Okay, we made we it out. Say that we made, we made it, it out up the 14 freeway. Thank you. Yeah, we're just down the street. Oh, yeah, San Diego. We're getting close. Carlsbad area. So, but. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice area, though. I like San Diego. I need to get back on my on my roots. Get back to my roots in SoCal. Yeah, come on back. I've been in so back. long. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we want to thank you so much for your time. Um, that's going to do it for for culture and sports on on this particular episode. But we really appreciate you uh, coming on. I mean, that was awesome. And uh, and we look to follow up with you and see and see more of how better it goes and and, and kind of just yeah. Things go. Okay. Yeah. No. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And obviously if you want to talk about anything, you know, I'm pretty open. So yeah. pick a topic and let's do it. Yeah. Well, we'll have other topics and I'm sure we'll bring you back uh, for another one. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thank you so right. much.